by pulling the hair, hitting the heads, slapping the faces, and tossing them on the floor. Overseas, Ukraine says most of the Russian forces occupying the Chernobyl nuclear plant have left and are headed for the Belarusian border in two columns. Confirming this, a senior U.S. defense official said the Russians had also abandoned Hostemel Airport north of Kiev. The official also said the Russians had not made much progress in the east. The Russian president, Vladimir Putin, has threatened to stop contracts for Russian natural gas supplies to Europe unless customers switch to payment in rubles. In a video address, Mr. Putin said the steps have been taken because of the, the financial system of Western countries was being used as a weapon, and it made no sense to use foreign currencies, as Russian assets in dollars and euros have been frozen. If such payments are not made, we will consider this a default on the part of buyers, with all the ensuing consequences. Nobody sells us anything for free, and we are not going to do charity either. That is, existing contracts will be stopped. The German finance minister, Christian Lindner, has said that energy imports from Russia would continue to be paid in euros. He didn't comment in detail on Russia's demand that gas buyers open accounts at its Gazprom bank. Mr. Lindner was speaking after a meeting with his French counterpart. We are uh, convinced uh, contracts are contracts. The contracts are based on um, euro. And so we will continue to pay for energy imports um, in um, euro. The Pakistani Prime Minister Imran Khan has refused to resign ahead of a no-confidence vote in the country's National Assembly on Sunday. Mr. Khan has lost his majority in Parliament after the MQM party, his main ally, withdrew support from the government. That's the news from RTHK. And welcome to Back Chat with me, guest host Chris Rock, and I'm about to get slapped by Janice Wong. No, of course, it's me, Andrew Work, and I'm here with Janice Wong, and it is April Fool's Day, April the 1st. Today we are talking about the serious subject of the law and the resignation of two British judges from Hong Kong's highest court. Robert Reed, who is the president of the UK Supreme Court, said he and fellow judge Patrick Hodge would leave their roles as non-permanent judges on the Hong Kong Court of Final Appeal, citing the national security law and an erosion of political freedom in the SAR. The withdrawal was endorsed by the British Foreign Secretary Liz Truss, who said the Chinese government has used the national security law to undermine rights and freedoms in the city. In response, the Chinese embassy in the UK accused the British government of political manipulation and said that China firmly opposes and strongly disapproves of what it calls the UK's intervention into Hong Kong and China affairs. Hong Kong Chief Executive Carrie Lam expressed regret and disappointment and said the withdrawal was politically motivated. Meanwhile, the chairman of the Bar Association, Victor Dawes, and the president of the Law Society, Chan Chek-ming, also expressed regret over the judges' moves. But nine other judges from common law countries have indicated they will continue in their roles. We want your questions and opinions, so show us a little love and send them to our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 2338-8266. And we've got two guests to walk us through this today. It is Ronnie Tong, Executive Counselor and Senior Counsel. Ronnie Tong, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And we also have Mark Daly, Human Rights Lawyer. Good morning, Mark. Hi, Mark. Good morning. 
Hey, so um, first of all, maybe Ronnie Tong, you can kick us off and maybe explain to us who these people are and what they do. Because I was talking to people last night and they said, oh, are they going to quit and leave Hong Kong? And, uh, you know, I said, no, they don't live here. Uh, you know, they're a special situation. Maybe you can explain what is the court they sit on? What does it do? And what is their job? Well, uh, when uh, uh, China resumed sovereignty over Hong Kong in 1997, um, part of uh, the John Declaration referred to the importance of maintaining judicial independence in Hong Kong. And uh, as a move to uh, emphasize that importance, uh, it was generally agreed that uh, judges or eminent judges are from other common law countries could be invited to come and sit with the uh, Court of Final Appeal in Hong Kong. Now, we must uh, remember that Court of Final Appeal uh, it's a court of uh, recent invention in the sense that uh, it was only set up in 1997. Mm. Prior to that, uh, Hong Kong uh, was a colony, and all final appeals had to be brought before the Privy Council uh, in London. So uh, in setting up a new court, it is important to uh, uh, establish the independence and ability of the uh, new final court. And that is the reason why foreign judges were invited to sit after 25 years, uh, I think everybody agrees that uh, the Court of Final Appeal in Hong Kong has established a very high reputation. Its decisions have been uh, uh, often uh, referred to and quoted in uh, courts of other jurisdictions. Right. And the foreign judges, uh, while they are sitting in Hong Kong, obviously had contributed towards building up the uh, very high reputation of the Court of Final Appeal. If you look at the list of uh, the, uh, well, let's just look at the English judges. If you look at the list of the English judges, most of them, in fact, had uh, practice in Hong Kong. People like Lenny Hoffman, Jonathan Sumption, and so on. Uh, and uh, they have, uh, even before they became judges, had contributed much to the uh, jurisprudence uh, uh, in Hong Kong and the reputation of Hong Kong being uh, a place of very high uh, rule law principles. Now, uh, this tradition continues while things are going well, mm -hmm. but obviously uh, relations between China and, of course, in turn, Hong Kong with uh, some of the Western countries have fallen uh, dramatically over the last few years, uh, also because of the riots that we have seen in 2019, which led to the passage of the national security law. Uh, and we've been, in fact, Hong Kong has been the center of criticism right. uh, by a lot of Western countries. And, and therefore, the, the reason position of the two uh, serving uh, judges of the Supreme Court of England uh, deciding no longer to want to be uh, associated with Hong Kong kind of final appeal really doesn't come as a surprise, although, of course, it is a matter of great regret that, that they should have succumbed to political pressure uh, in England. Mm -hmm. So with, with these, like you said, uh, you kind of slipped in there, when they are sitting in Hong Kong, prior to the handover, uh, or sorry, prior to COVID, they would fly in, like almost like contract judges. But normally they come in, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, to stay for about two to three months, and they would be invited to sit on uh, various important uh, hearings uh, relating to important decisions in Hong Kong. And then, uh, you, you will see their, their opinion being uh, set out in, in various judgments, uh, you know, during that period. Yeah. So 
So over a year, you roughly will have something like two, maximum three foreign judges being flown in. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a list of uh, something like 14 uh, prior to resignations, in fact, we have 16 uh, non-permanent judges. So they take turn to come to Hong Kong, and they will visit Hong Kong, perhaps, uh, you know, each of them will visit Hong Kong once every, I don't know, maybe two, three or four years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mr. Daly, now um, Mr. Tong just said the uh, resignations of the judges don't come as a surprise. What do you make of the departure of the judges? I think they were a surprise to everybody. Uh, although, you know, I think the, we know that the, that the judges uh, have been looking at this for some time. I think we, we need to, to not, I, I don't think we should be politicizing the issue, and I don't think we should be questioning the integrity of the judges statement on this there's certain certainly a certain amount of speculation involved it's a it's a it's a well-crafted but very brief statement but i think uh, we have to look at it closely and just and look at the analyze the actual statement and the, we need to know what the rule of law means the rule of law is not just a narrow superficial or thin concept it includes preserving human rights it concludes the citizens having a meaningful voice in making the rules, and the judges are not criticizing the local uh, the, the, the the two judges that resigned are not criticizing the local judges. They are they, they say that they're committed to the to the uh, to the rule of law. The the judges are the, you can see there the criticism is to the to the uh, Hong Kong. Uh, government and the administration departing from values of political freedom, freedom of expression. That's that's the that's the the beef, and uh, so it, it, you know in a way the legal infrastructure has changed. Um, there's been a decline in the rule of law from that perspective, and the judges feel they can't do justice anymore. So Is this um, I, I, you know there's no no reason to to question their statement just just because it. It fits with the uh, with the statements of the political arm uh, of many people in the world that there's been a decline in the rule of law. There's a there's a world rule of law index. There has been a decline in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is still respected. The uh, former Chief Justice statement and the uh, present uh, Chief Justice of Hong Kong have made very reasonable statements that uh, Hong Kong continues to have a have a have a you know well respected. Um, court, but it's the, the the context. The rule of law has declined. I mean, from other plate, we've got these other judges, like so from Canada, you've got Beverly McLaughlin, Annabelle Gross, you've got the Australian lawyers, or the Australian judges. Other countries, they have made not by they've made active statements that they will continue in their roles uh, on the court. Has this become a, a de facto kind of a a split decision? by the judges on the, on the condition of the rule of law in Hong Kong? Might have gone good, one way good, or two good, the other? Yeah, good way of looking at it. And so let's hope it doesn't go any further. Um, you know, let's hope uh, we get back on track in Hong Kong with upholding uh, liberties, and uh, let's get back to uh, moving towards uh, uh, democracy, um, and that it doesn't erode any further. But, uh, you know, for, for your listeners, I mean, look at the UN. There's a UN rule of law website look at the definition of the rule of law there um, that's that's what it means participation in decision making and, and, uh, and accountability and and, uh, and all 
sold all those concepts, and some of those we're not ticking the boxes on in Hong Kong. So, uh, of course, there's some speculation involved. We don't know what's behind uh, the decision at this time for them to, to resign. Uh, they mentioned that since the security law, the, the position has become increasingly finely balanced. <laughs> we, I'd love to see what they put in their balance to, to make this decision, but it's not a science. So some think we, we, they can't go, they can't do justice any further in, in this situation. Uh, some are staying, but let's hope we don't erode any further. <laughs> I quipped the other day, I hope we don't get to a position where we have, uh, we have to parachute in Russian or North Korean judges. I mean, <laughs> that's the, the reason uh, they had the system set up as it is, is, is to link us to the um, internationally respected common law uh, world. Mr. Tong? Any reaction well, I think jokes aside, uh, the, the, the basic law and the joint declaration only refer to inviting judges from common law countries. And <laughs> I, so, know, I know. Uh, you know, that, yeah. that joke was uh, unnecessary. But uh, let me come back to the fact that uh, there is obviously an internal conflict here, uh, both in the statement and in relation to what has happened. And I'm referring to the uh, public announcement by, I think, nine of the remaining ten non-permanent judges saying that they would uh, continue to serve as non-permanent judges of the uh, Court of Final Appeal. And the only one who, who has not responded is because he couldn't be rich. Uh, so we can't assume that uh, he, he is disagreeing with the other nine. I think the importance is that the rule of law, uh, a very important aspect of the rule of law is judicial independence. And judicial independence is important, uh, particularly in any place if you regard uh, that in that place, uh, freedom and democracy is at risk. And so if anybody says that, well, Hong Kong's uh, judicial independence is at risk, or finally balanced, if you like, then I would have thought that all the more reason you should stay and you should not, you know, kiss uh, Hong Kong goodbye. Uh, and behind this, it's a very rather, uh, it's an even more important consideration, is that judges are not supposed to take part in politics. Politics has no part to play in professional, you know, decision-making. Mm. And, and they, they obviously had no part to play in the rule of law. And it is, uh, I think, disappointing, to put it mildly, uh, to hear an a, a eminent judge who say that, well, you know, Hong Kong is well-renowned, uh, of, uh, you know, uh, uh, committed, totally committed to the rule of law, but... I have to agree with uh, the administration's political view. Uh, we don't like Hong Kong. We don't like China. And therefore, I have to stand on the same side as the UK government. And therefore, I have to leave. Is it, is it different now, because it's the it, president of the Supreme Court? kind of, you know, uh, attitude of a, uh, a respectable professional judge. I, I merely question that. I don't know. I don't know Hodge. I don't know. Uh, read. Uh, I never met them, uh, but I do know the other non-permanent judges, people like uh, Lenny Hoffman and Jonathan Sumption, who has been hailed as the best legal mind of UK in uh, recent years. And, and uh, you know, I've talked to them, and, and they are very fair. And they, they look at uh, every situation uh, in a fair and legal perspective and would guard against uh, the invasion of political considerations. And that is the most important aspect at this moment in Hong Kong. Everybody is looking at every single issue with a political agenda at heart. That is not the way Hong Kong can, can go on and not the way Hong Kong can succeed. 
And so I'm somewhat relieved to hear the uh, Romanian High Permanent Judges, some of them are, you know, are, are, are my old friends, uh, who obviously uh, don't, they may not necessarily disagree with the viewpoint of the UK government, but they think that it is more important to maintain judicial independence in Hong Kong mm-hmm. and, and not let politics to uh, affect their professional approach to the matter of group law in Hong Kong. Yeah. Is it is it different because Robert Reed is the president of the UK Supreme Court? Because I, I think most of the other judges are well, retired, right? Well, they have official right? positions. Yeah. And, and uh, I think in that respect, the political pressure which has been brought to bear on them may be, may be immense. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't question that. And all the other judges are non-serving judges of the uh, UK Supreme Court in the sense they have all retired. Uh, and therefore, uh, they could probably, you know, stand up to political pressure a little bit more. But I remember last year when uh, the Hong Kong government wanted to breathe a, a famous UK counsel, uh, I think David Panic, uh, to come to Hong Kong and do a case. And he was being vilified publicly by everybody, left, right and center in the UK, uh, and, and uh, saying that, you know, you should not come to Hong Kong to defend or to prosecute for money's sake, uh, because Hong Kong is such an evil place. And in the midst of that, I also note that Jonathan Sumption, you know, one of the remaining non-parliament judges, uh, wrote a very moving piece uh, in one of the newspapers in the UK, uh, saying why he didn't think that politics should play any part in, in, the, maintaining, in the maintenance of the rule of law in Hong Kong. And so, you know, obviously, I accept that there are two schools of thought, and uh, you know, people may share different views. But as far as Hong Kong is concerned, we do need uh, to maintain judici- judicial independence. Yeah. And it's one of the most important aspects of yeah. the yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with that. But uh, again, uh, as I said at the outset, I don't think we should politicize it. Look, up until 48 hours ago, <laughs> Lord, well, Lord, Mark, Reed, Lord Reed and, and Lord Hodgins, up until 48 hours know, ago, were nobody in Hong Kong, you know, uh, sorry, sorry, Ronnie, I think Mark's got a point here. Appeal. So why are you questioning the, the bona fides of their statement based on rule of law reasoning? Um, I'm not. You know, I don't think there's any there's any no, I'm sorry. to, to, Mark, to I'm be not, questioned, I'm not questioning that. I'm so, not challenging um, the they, they I'm really saying that yeah. a professional judge not let politics play any part in their decision. So, so Mark, Mark's, Mark, your question is, you know, you're saying the, the statements should not be questioned. Just take them at face value. They're saying what they're saying. Well, you, can, you can analyze it, but I, I, yeah. I'm saying there's no basis to say they've made it on, uh, for, for political reasons. Yeah, was there, was there a campaign? Were there people writing letters to the newspapers in the U.K.? I know there's, there's uh, some very, uh, there's a lot of political action in the well, no, U.K. about Hong Kong. There's always the pressure on, on judges, but that's why they're... That's why they're in the position they, they are. That they, mm-hmm. they, they understand that, and they and and they they come to their own decision. It's their state. Mark so, Daly, does does this put more pressure on judges in the other jurisdictions? I mean, they've all said today they're going to stay, but do you think they may come under pressure in the near I, future? I think I think they uh, rightly will continue to monitor the situation. Um, and and like I said, let's let's hope it doesn't go any further. I know. Um, Certainly, from my uh, home country, I've been here a long time. But uh, uh, originally, come from Canada, and, and uh, Beverly McLaughlin has is quoted. Uh, one thing that's a little odd: she's quoted as saying that the court has no connection with the regime at all. I, I like to query her on that. I mean.
institutional connection um, uh, to to the to the to the regime next door. There's a there's a link through the basic law. So so I'm, I, I query her saying there's no connection at all um, uh, to to the regime. It'd be interesting to have a chat with her on on um, how she thinks the system works here. Yeah, and what the uh, constitutional relationship is between the courts. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Following on that, uh, I mean, it, does it, do we require some extra protections to be built into the relationship between the courts and the government in Hong Kong to make people feel more confident about it? Or do you think things are pretty much fine the way they are now? Well, I, I, my, my view, look, look at they, they refer, the, the two judges that, re, that resigned, refer to the national security law mm-hmm. as, as being part of their, you know, and we don't know their full decision-making, but as being part of the decision-making that, uh, and, and that law, again, going back to first principles, the UN definition of the rule of law was, to put it bluntly, was foist upon Hong Kong. There was no, uh, no, no, Hong Kong citizens didn't take part at all in the, in the, uh, how that law came to be. That's all part of the rule of law. So, so that, that could be what is, what their, the uh, vacancies, um, do you think it will be easy to find replacements for them? Well, I think, first of all, let me just respond to what Mark said. I mean, you know, I take offense uh, when he says that I, I'm questioning the bona fides of the two resigning judges. I'm not. I, I'm really uh, looking at the statement and trying to point out that there is an in- inherent conflict there. They may honestly believe that it is right for them to stand alongside with the UK government. That may be their honest belief, but it doesn't make it right. Uh, the rule of law, as I emphasize, means, uh, you know, judicial independence. And judicial independence is one of the most important safeguards of uh, uh, human rights, uh, you know, in any way. Now, as to the uh, so-called vacancy, that there is no such thing. Uh, neither the John Declaration nor the Basic Law uh, put forward a number uh, as to be the sufficient number of judges who could be invited. Nor does it uh, put in a restriction as to where they should come from. So it is entirely up to the serving uh, chief justice in Hong Kong to decide, you know, who to invite, uh, from which jurisdiction that judge should come, uh, and so on. Now, as I have said, we have currently uh, remaining 14 non-permanent judges, four from Hong Kong and 10 from overseas. And and that's a very, very large number by any means. And uh, as I pointed out, you know, there are very, very eminent judges uh, and lawyers uh, within that list. And, uh, you know, I don't see at the moment there is any immediate need uh, to, uh, you know, uh, add another two or three or or four. Uh, But I do raise the issue that, uh, you know, from this day on, perhaps we should be a little bit more careful in picking our non-moving judges, and in particular not to to, uh, uh, invite judges from countries which are obviously hostile, 
to China or Hong Kong because they might put the judge in a very difficult position as, uh, you know, these two resigning judges are shown. Uh, on the other hand, there are very many eminent judges in other common law countries uh, who can consider, for example, judges from South Africa, you know, judges from uh, India, uh, Singapore, and, and so on and so forth. The list is it's quite long. Uh, but at this very moment, I, I don't think we should jump to invite uh, more people to sit uh, as non-binding judges. Let us let this political uh, turmoil simmer a little bit and let it quiet down, and then we can look back and consider what to do best. Okay, I've got two questions. Have judges been see have these have these judges in particular been seeing cases since COVID started? I mean, if they normally travel here, have they been doing uh, it by Zoom or? Uh, yes, I mean, some of them have dealt with uh, you know controversial cases relating to the election system. Uh, the, the, we have only one case uh, concerning the national security uh, law, and that relates to application of bail. And in that case, the non-permanent judge was, if I remember correctly, Fran Stock, uh, you know, uh, a local judge who has served on the Court of Final Appeal. Um, we have yet to have a decision arising from national security law uh, coming before the Court of Final Appeal. Well, that goes to my second question, which was going to be, do cases that are prosecuted under the National Security Law Apparatus, can, do they go to the Court of Final Appeal, or do they have a different pathway oh, oh, to each other? Of course, it involves an important law point. But uh, we have to be a little bit careful here. Uh, where judges are swearing allegiance to a country which obviously has political stance in relation to... You know, the law, that's national security law, or, or China as a country as a whole, may put the serving judges in a difficult uh, situation. And, and then we, therefore, we have to be a bit careful here. Uh, as the chief executive pointed out yesterday, when judges were invited to sit in Hong Kong, they, uh, they swear in on the basis that they would swear allegiance to uh, the uh, basic law. Uh, but not to the government, uh, you know, neither the central nor the local government. Okay. Uh, but even then, uh, national security laws are political laws, and, and, and therefore uh, one has to be careful mm-hmm. about issues of allegiance and so on. Right. I have an email from Alan who slipped it in just, just under the gun. Whilst politics should be kept out of the rule of law, the issues they, presumably the judges, uh, they have to deal with under the NSL are political and its wide and vigorous interpretation by the administration, which has impacted on their view of the situation in Hong Kong. Mark, uh, that's Alan's thoughts. What do, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think we should uh, keep politics out of it. I, I'm a little, little concerned at uh, Ronnie's comment that, uh, you know, again, uh, trying, selecting, not, thinking of not selecting judges from countries, again, uh, Making it political that that seem to be critical of Hong Kong. Let's let's just keep back. We're, we're picking eminent judges for their professional abilities, and let's de-link it from the politics. Got it, Ronnie. Uh, do you want to get the last word in before we close out the show? No, there's no such thing as the last word. I just hope that these things would go away, and we can go back to you know maintaining the judicial independence of rule of law uh, issues in Hong Kong. Well, we'll have to watch those other those other judges that are still on there very carefully. I'd like to thank our guests today, Ronnie Tong, Executive Counselor and Senior Counsel. Thank you very much, Ronnie. 
And thanks to Mark Daly, human rights lawyer. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody that listened today. Great to have you out here. I can feel your ears out there. Thanks, of course, to Janice Wong for rocking the mic with me this morning. Uh, Yuki Tsang producing on the prep and Christy Lai in the booth. And, of course, my number one man on the sound today is James. Uh, tune in Monday. Janice, you're going to be back. Yes, I will be back. Fantastic. With Mike Rouse and another panel of guests and hot, hot topics. I'm going to give you a quick update on the weather. It is going to get cooler. Today, we're looking at cloudy with a few rain patches.